Welcome to Live the Dream. That name in itself tells you what the program is all about. It's about knowing not only about what you don't want, but finding out how to define and live the life that you do want. Now, here's your host, Karen Dillon, and co-hosts, Marissa Marseille and Tom Pearson. I'd like to welcome everybody to the third episode of Live the Dream with Karen Dillon. Karen, I'm Jesse Jameson. It's so good to have you here. How are you today? I'm good, Jesse. Enjoying this episode. So, you know, this is episode three. For episodes one and two, we covered steps one through three in the success cycle. And at the end of the last episode, uh, last week, Karin, you kind of let us know a little secret that within the success cycle is kind of buried a failure cycle. So I was hoping you could kind of start off today's show and go a little bit into that. Yeah, absolutely. And this, you know, the success cycle, like we've talked about, you know, it has six steps and you got to follow the steps in sequence. And I'll cover quickly what those three steps are that we've covered so far. And I'll go to the fourth step and then I'll explain to you what the failure cycle is. Okay. Right. So the success cycle, like we started off, the first step is desire. You have to have a burning desire for what you really want. And in order to get there or have that burning desire, you have to be able to get, allow yourself is probably the right way to put it. Allow yourself to get clear about what is your desire because most people don't pay attention to it. It's not that most people don't have it. Everybody has it. It's almost been given to us. I'm not sure from where, but we all have been given a desire. We just have to pay attention and allow it to become something that is part of our consciousness. Okay. And then once you have that, the next thing that you have to do is you have to develop a mindset that allows you to create enough energy to pursue the desire. Because the principle is success requires energy. And it's the number one reason where really people don't uh, get anywhere. They just don't have enough energy. And energy comes from your mindset. Right? How you think determines how much energy you have. And then once you understand how to manage your energy levels, you have to develop a high level of clarity. Because the principle there is that clarity accelerates success. The clearer, uh, the clearer you are about what you want to achieve, the more vividly you can see it in your mind, the, the chances are the faster you will get there, right? And only at that point do you have the ability to take the right actions. And so this brings us to the point that you were bringing up, which is that embedded within the success cycle is also a failure cycle. And the failure cycle looks something like this, which is that I want something and then I go and do something to get it. Now that seems like a commonsensical thing to do. Hey, if I want something, shouldn't I actually go do something? Correct. Yes. However, if that's, what this, if that's how you pursue things, you're following a basic principle that we all sort of are raised with in a sense, or a basic type of conditioning, I should say, which is that um, in order to be success or hard work is what creates success. Right. Right. We've all heard that before. And it's not incorrect, right? Hard work is required at certain times, but hard work does not determine whether you will be successful or not. Does that make sense? It really does because we've all heard the story of the guy that works 50 hours a week just to get his two kids through college. And then, you know, he doesn't necessarily ever get rich, obviously. Right. And so the people who focus on hard work as their primary strategy are essentially designed to struggle their whole life. Because the people who primarily think that hard work is required for success, we've been talking about agreements this whole time, right? 
what type of what agreement do you think they're operating on? Well, uh, just the one that you said that in order to be successful, they have to work hard. But That's obviously, right. they're they're not noticing that that it's not really coming true. That's right. Yeah, the agreement essentially is something like that. Being that it's hard to be successful, right? Or success requires a lot of hard work. Now, you remember last week I was really freaking out about this. Is it kind of negative to even say that sentence you just said that <laughs> it's hard to be successful? Well, I don't think it's, it's negative. <laughs> I, I, want, I want things to kind of flow through and, you know, I want things to be accessible and possible. Right. And I know I've learned through you and through other people that I've, you know, that I associate with that the brain is like a sponge and it picks up these negative agreements and stuff. So... I got to admit, Karin, you got me a little freaked out here. So, <laughs> Well, there's nothing to freak out about. It's about being aware, right? Because if your agreement is that success is hard, guess what you're going to do? I hate when you give me these ones because basically it's, it's a, it's a dual-edged dual -edged sword and you're cut either way, right? So if I try hard, I, I might be successful, but I'm going to hate it because it's always hard. And if I don't try hard, I, I won't be successful. Well, all of that, you know, there's the principle that we talked about probably in the second session, which was that um, reality is created. It doesn't happen to you. You create it. Okay. And it's created by agreement. If your agreement is success is hard, guess what type of experience you're going to have? That success is hard. That's right. It's not that it is hard. It's how you are going about it because that's what you think. That's exactly how you want it to be. Right. And if you say that success is hard work. That's exactly what it's going to be. Now, I'm not, just to be clear, I'm not saying that hard work is not required. Yes, it is required. The, the point I'm making is that most people think of that as the only strategy, right? Now, that, here, here is one thing, because I've always surrounded myself in, in marketing rooms and marketing campaigns. I, I have, in addition to, you know, success is hard, I have also heard a somewhat of a remedy to that, Karin. I've also heard, heard that it's better to work smarter than harder. So I have had a little bit of training and positivity. Is, is it good to think like that as well, that there might be a smarter way to work rather than a harder way to work? Well, of, of course there is, right? That's why they say it. But the real question is, what does that mean? What does, what does that mean? mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? Everybody says, oh, well, you should work smart and not hard. Okay, great. What does it mean? Okay. And in a sense, that's what we've been talking about that in order to work smart, you have to understand that hard work doesn't create success. Because people, I guess, you know, if you look at people who work at McDonald's, right, for 10 bucks an hour or whatever they get paid, 15 bucks an hour in California, they work pretty hard, right? But are they actually achieving their dreams? Definitely not. Right. Okay, so it's just a basic, under that's the basic understanding of everything, everyone has to just get clear about. That, first of all, success will be only as hard as you make it. And number two, hard work does not equate to success. In fact, many people who actually become successful, they don't work that much. Let me say that to myself out loud real quick. Hard <laughs> work does not equate to success. Right. You know, I watched a show the other day. I apologize, but I have to tell you this because it's relevant. I watched a show the other day, and they were saying that in certain countries, they're actually going to a 30-hour work week. And well, that the average... And the average, uh, and and they're get there. I guess the point of the show was that they're they're achieving just as much as they did in a forty hour work week. And I right. thought that was kind of fascinating. And the average American now works thirty five hours a week, where 
even a decade ago, it was 40, 40 hours a week. So. Well, I would say the average American spends 35 hours in the office. I don't think they work 35 hours a week. I would agree. Don't tell my <laughs> boss, but I agree. <laughs> well, I think your boss is in the same boat, by the way. Okay. Right. So it's not, and you know, and that has something to do with it that just hours and hours and hours is not required all the time to actually create success. Because look, anybody who's been successful, okay, will tell you that they've spent months, even years, and I've done the same thing, working 16 hour days, 80 hour weeks, 100 hour weeks. I've done it too, right? But there's a point to it, which is that you are trying to build something. There is some level of clarity, which means at some point there is an achievement, there is a threshold that you pass when then the success allows you to actually not really need to work. Does that make sense? It does. Unfortunately, when, when it doesn't end in a successful manner, like you're saying, where one doesn't have to work, it does lead to a phenomenon that I'm pretty familiar with because I've, I've met a lot of friends through the years that are workaholics. I think you start to work 12, 13, 14 hours a day and pretty soon you, you feel like you have to all the time. And well, again, I think you raise a, you're raising the exact point which I'm actually trying to make. People who are workaholics, okay, why are they workaholics? They believe that success comes with hard work. That's part of it. And the other part is they have no objective. I would agree with that. It seems like they just want to make, make, make. Yes, for what? Yeah, exactly. Right? And right. so that's why what I'm saying is that these first three steps are so important that you have to clarify your desire because when you do, effort is effortless, if that makes any sense, right? Because people who actually do work 16 hours a day, 80 hours a week, whatever it is, and if they're actually doing what they really like to do, it's, actually, it's actually effortless. Right. It's not well, they, hard work. They say if you find a job you love, you never work another day in your life. And there is something to be said about that because if you do enjoy what you're doing, just like you said, then right. it, it, it does feel effortless. Well, I'm just speaking from personal experience too because I had a job. You know, I used to get paid quite well. I was in the, the high-tech industry, but I hated every minute of it um, because I didn't have the principal desire that I have in my life, which I didn't even understand back then, which is my principal desire is freedom. Okay. I don't care if I have to work 80 hours as long as I'm the one deciding to do it, right? And so I quit my job and yeah, it takes a lot of effort up front to build anything. So I've done the 80 hour weeks, I've done the 100 hour weeks, I've done 16 or whatever it is, right? None of that felt like effort. Even though when you were working for somebody and you hated it, it definitely felt like effort, huh? Two hours a day felt like an effort. Right, right. <laughs> I couldn't I get enough, through enough cups of coffee and Diet Coke to get through the day. Speaking of freedom, because I can actually appreciate that being your desire because I, I had a job once, you know, within the past five years, actually, where it was not uncommon on a Friday to have the supervisor say, hey, you know, we need you to work Saturday morning. And then you come in Saturday morning and it ends up extending into Saturday afternoon. And before you know it, you kind of blew your weekend and you feel like you're literally just living to work, you know, yeah. and that's a, that's a real bummer feeling. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this failure cycle that I'm talking about. When action becomes sort of a reason in itself, it's a pointless existence. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, now that, you know, it's, it's, there are people who work a lot and I would say, you know, cause some people set really, really big goals for themselves and that's fine. 
Okay? Right. And so there are periods of your life that you will work a lot. But some people, like you said, who are workaholics, it doesn't matter. They cannot stop working yeah. because they're driven by fear and anxiety. That's interesting. Right? Yeah. Because, I mean, would you agree that's the case? It must be. I'm not a workaholic, so I, I never really appreciated <laughs> it, but I've met so many uh, through my life. I mean, people have no problem waking up at sun, you know, right when the sun comes up and literally working till the sun goes down. And sometimes they do that six, seven days a week. And I, I don't understand how they can do it. But Yeah, decade after decade, because it's yeah. not a normal life. It's not a normal way to live. Okay. It's only, that only happens when you're driven by fear and anxiety. And the only way you're driven by fear and anxiety is when you don't understand what you're going after. Because the only strategy you've got left is it's just got to work hard. Otherwise, something's going to happen. I'm not exactly sure what, but something bad, right? And that's always in the back of their mind. Or people have been raised with this um, conditioning that, you know, it takes hard work to succeed. Right. Therefore, you must work hard all the time. What they never ask themselves is what they're never clear about is for what purpose. Right. Why? Right. Because it's, it's, the, it's the same thing as like, I want to make more money. Why? Guess what? When is that going to end? Right? And you're always, you're always going to want to make more money. Right. Yeah. And what are you making money for? For what purpose? That's right. Okay. And as long as that purpose is not clear, you don't have the mindset and the, and the, the right energy to go after it. And you don't have the clarity of what actually achieving that looks like. The only thing you have left to do is work. Right. It becomes, it's, it's kind of like that concept of, you know, it's, it's not money. That's, it's not the love of what is, it's not money. That's evil, right? It's the love of money. And why right. would, because like I said, money is simply a medium of exchange. It's a thing, right? What people never define clearly is why or what they're going to do with the money when they actually get it. Here's an interesting thought I've had just, you know, based on the conversation that we're having right now. Mm-hmm. When you do come across these workaholics, they must have some positives. For example, we obviously know they have a strong work ethic. They must, uh, I'm imagining they must have pretty good savings accounts, right? Where they can at least maybe take that next step, even if maybe before meeting you, they never thought of it. Or, I mean, do, do, do workaholics tend to have more money saved or do they just tend to find a way to spend funds just like everybody else. Yeah, it's possible. However, the truth is that our expenses tend to rise with the amount of money we make. Very true. Right? Because you know, when you have more money, then all of a sudden you need a bigger house. You need a better car. You know, that watch that you wear that was $100 is not really good enough. You know, there's $10,000 watches out there. Okay? So that's what happens when you really have no clarity. Because then all you do is chase the next shiny object. And there's always somebody who has a better car than you, always somebody who has a bigger house or, you know, whatever it is. Does that make sense? Totally. Then it's like a, you know, it's it's a hamster on a hamster wheel. Right. Just more, 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 more for what purpose? Keeping up with the Joneses. So in a weird way, even though they don't know it, that is kind of their goal, right? Just to kind of keep moving up with inflation. <laughs> so well, it's yeah, keeping up with the Joneses, I guess, is more of a middle class fixed income mindset, right? right? When everybody's kind of the same, if somebody gets a little bit more, then oh, you're like, oh well, I got. What we're talking about is something different. Because we're talking essentially what we're talking about is people who are pursuing their dreams, their desires, and going into business, right? That's what we're talking about, right? Um, or pursuing something else that they want. 
why are they pursuing that or for what purpose is because at the end of the day, they feel that if they achieve that, that will represent success. And then in the end, it will make them happy. But? But they've never defined what that is. Right. Does that make sense? It totally does. So they're just chasing a ghost that they have no idea what they are chasing. So all they end up doing is running. Their whole life, they will spend running after something they have not even sure of. All they know is that they need to work hard and they need to make more money. And that's it. That becomes the reason of existence. Now, think about it. How, great, how good is that existence? I think it would be really grinding and wearing and where somebody in their 20s or 30s might be able to handle a workload like you're describing. I'd imagine as you progress into your 40s, 50s, and 60s, that becomes, you know, probably very, very difficult. Yeah. It's exactly why people in their 50s have so many heart problems. Yeah. You know, they're basically ground their entire body and their system into the ground. We're going to be uh, going to the break right now, Karin. Uh, so keep your thoughts and we will get to those on the other side. To your listeners, stay with us. There's more. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers channel. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Live the Dream. To reach the show live today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Karen. That's K-A-R-A-N at thecontractorscoach.com. Now, back to Live the Dream. 
Welcome back to Live the Dream with Karin Dillon. Karin, um, before we uh, went to break, we were talking about the failure cycle. We are ready for step four in the success cycle, which is action. Tell us about action. That's right, Jay, uh, Jesse. So we talked a little bit about the failure cycle, um, why just jumping into and starting taking a lot of action is really a recipe for failure, causes a lot of frustration. However, you know, of course, action is required, right? Action is what will create the results that you want that, are, that is going to help you achieve the dreams and the desires you're going after. So the key thing to understand with this step with action is that it requires a plan, right? That's the most important thing about this step. Um, we don't ever plan to fail. We just fail to plan. So yeah, we, don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't want to fail. So we know we're going to need a plan. Right. We're dealing with a person that uh, obviously has clarity now. They know exactly what it is that they need to do. Um, what would you, what are your suggestions when it comes to creating a plan? Yeah. So the plan should be a reflection of the vision board. If you remember last episode, we talked about that the way you develop clarity is you develop a vision board and the vision board is developed at three levels. The first thing you define is what do I want to have? Therefore, you know what this, what all of these actions are for. And I think we went in several different directions. You know, it's like some people want houses and cars and money. Great. Some people want better health. Fantastic. Some people want to help other people, you know, who are less fortunate themselves. Fantastic. Define specifically what you want to have because that gives you a definition of success, what success looks like. So therefore, there's an end point to all of this, right? There's a purpose, or I should say, there's a purpose for all of this. When you have that, the next thing is, and that's kind of where we are at this point, is what do I need to do so I can have this, right? And that's where the plan comes in. And so the plan, essentially, I would say people should probably not do more than a three-year plan. What was that again, a three-year? I would say a three-year. That's my opinion. I mean, people do 20-year plans, right? Okay. Okay, maybe do a five-year plan. Because there's a famous quote by Tony Robbins, and he said, you know, you'll be very disappointed with what you might achieve in a year. But if you persist, you'll be amazed what you, might, what you will achieve in 10 years. Very true. Right? Um, so, you know, but the focus, obviously, you know, you can't achieve a 10-year goal. You can only achieve what you can today. Because there's, you know, if you think about the principle here, which is there's three time zones we live in. Okay, there's the past, the present, and the future. Okay, the past is all of our thinking and uh, thoughts and conditioning. Um, the future is what we're trying to achieve. But of these three, which is the only time zone we can create results in? The now. The, the now. present. That's yeah. it, right? So, yeah. yeah you I can, have a, go ahead. I'm sorry, uh, Karin, I have a question for you. The three-year plan or five-year plan. Yeah. You, you and I have talked about this before that it seems like whatever a person dives into, they tend to not be as good at it at the beginning as they are you know, after some experience, is that why you kind of mentioned that, you know, we don't really notice things in, in a one year plan. You know, you said Tony Robbins had mentioned that, but at a 10 year cycle, you've yeah. accomplished amazing things. Is that yeah. kind of, and that's, uh, you know, that's the next step, which is about developing skills. So we're going to get into that. Right. But your point is pretty valid that when you start something, you suck at it. Right. It's just like, let's say you want to learn how to throw a baseball. The first time you go on the pitch and throw it, how good are you going to be at it? 
I mean, when you start, if you compare yourself with a professional baseball player and say, well, I'm night and day. Yeah. You're not going to look anything like the professional. Right. And that's fine. And that's the important thing to understand. Right. And so that's why there has to be a plan, which is it allows you to, because your results are going to come from the present, but it also allows you to take a look at what is past your current problems. And so here's the purpose of the plan, by the way. What happens for most people is that, like you said, when they try to go out and do something, they're not very good at it. You know, they might even fail at it. What happens is they start to get disappointed. Then they start to get discouraged. And then their energy level drops. And then eventually they stop doing what it is that they were doing. Right? Why is that? Because all they can see is the here and now. Okay? And then they have an emotional state that sort of follows their present results. So the purpose of the plan is to sort of be like this lighthouse past all of the fog and murkiness of the present that shows you where you're headed. Love how you said that. So your plan is a lighthouse so that when the clouds are basically in your eyes and they normally would distract you and discourage you, you can still see that lighthouse to yes. help you get past the present, so to speak, into the future. Yes, exactly. Right? That is the purpose of the plan. And so that's why personally I don't like 10-year plans because it's like a lighthouse that's so far away you can barely see it. Right? And so what we encourage people to do is, so if you talk about the plan, is essentially develop a plan that's, you know, shorter term, let's say three years, it's fine. You pick whatever you feel comfortable with, three years, five years, it really doesn't matter that much. However, get very detailed and defined about the one-year plan. That if, I, if you want to be, you know, here three years out or five years out, walk that back and where would you like to be in one year's time, right? So this episode is going to air on, let's say, the 28th of June. 2019. So if you're listening to that on that day, you need to ask yourself, where are you going to be on 28th of June, 2020? Right. One year out. That's one year out. Now, the thing is, the one year is going to come pretty quickly. The question you have to ask yourself is, do you want to be kind of sort of where you are? Or do you want to be in a substantially different space than you are right now? So if that's the case, then define what that space looks like. So if you make a three-year goal at one year, you should be maybe not halfway there, but you should have some definite progress made. Is is that kind of what you're alluding to? Yes. So now going back to connecting all the dots, right? The one year, the three-year goal, or maybe even the one-year goal, it has to be part of your vision board. Right. Because it has to be connected with what you want. Okay. So then define that and say, okay, one year out, where should I be? Okay. Once you have an understanding of that, you've got a pretty detailed definition of it, and it should be uh, the way you understand that you have a detailed definition is that when you achieve it, it's pretty clear, right? There's no like fuzziness. It's not like I need more money. All right, I'd like to have 100,000 in the bank, a million dollars in the bank, right? I'd like to own a business that's doing 10 million in revenue. You know, I'd like to have a portfolio that's 100 million in stock, whatever it is. Okay. For all the uh, for all the first time listeners, uh, Karin, let's just remind them. You might want to go back an episode or two, and uh, even if you have listened to episode one and two, you might want to re-listen. It's very important, Karin, that you are very particular 
and precise with regards to goals, it's very important that we don't leave them vague. Go ahead. I just wanted to remind people about that. Yeah. And that's exactly the point, right? Because you have to define what success looks like very precisely. And so this is the plan where you define what that precise, you lay down what the precise definition is. So therefore, there's an end point here that you know you've achieved it. Now, let's say you define your one-year plan. That's what we're talking about. The next thing you have to do is you then break that up into four parts. A year has four quarters. Okay? It's the easiest thing to do. And then you say, okay, if I want to be um, here in a year's time, what should the next 90 days look like? Very interesting. So we go from kind of a big picture mm-hmm. and we're slowly breaking it down so we kind of know what our first steps are because when I think of 90 days out, that, that's not very far. That's right. But we're not done yet, right? Because even 90 days out, you could push it out and you could not do anything for like 90 days. We don't want procrastination, <laughs> right? And so then you also have to say, okay, if I, this is what I want in 90 days, what should I do in the next 30? Okay, break those down. Say, so if I do this much in 30 days, well, you know, that'll get me part of the way there. Now, obviously, 30 days, you know, you've got mostly 22 days of you know, working days. Because I always recommend people um, take weekends off, right? Because like right. I said, the number one reason why people don't succeed is they don't have enough energy. And part of the reason for that is if you burn yourself out early, you're not going to be in there for the long run. Right. Okay. In fact, I'll just make a quick little note here is that even in our company, what we do before or at the beginning of the year, we all have a meeting and we plan out our vacations. And then we fix. Is that, is that hard to do in advance like that sometimes? Well, you don't have to deci- decide where you're going to go, but you just decide you block off the time. Perfect. Got you. Right. Then we fit the work to fit in between our vacations. That's smart. Right. Because the thing is, why are we doing this? So we can have a good life, right? And vacationing is a great way to kind of blow off steam, get your stress levels back to a good level, right? Where you can come back refreshed. I have a different opinion of it. I said, the way I look at it is like vacations are the reason for working. You'd like to vacation, obviously. I do like to vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I know every time I call you, you're out somewhere. Right. And there's a, there's, a perp- there's a reason for that, right? Is that because when you go on vacation, it gives you a much better point of view of life. You feel happy, you feel energized. And so most people work, right? And then take vacations as almost an interruption to work. Right. That's, right? that's very true. I view it the Almost other way. like out of guilt, right? Oh, I <laughs> got to right. hang out with the family. And it's ridiculous. So, people don't take vacations for years and years and years. I'm and like, they should. Well, there's like, why are you live? What's the point of your living? Right. right. Because the point of living is to actually have a good life. And obviously you feel much happier on vacation than you do when you're grinding away 16 hours a day. Okay. But as a rule, what I tell, what I, then this is what I recommend to everybody is like plan your vacations first and then get your work to fit in between those vacations. Very smart. Right. And even our, our team here, I mean, we take a vacation every quarter. Okay, take a week off a quarter if you can, right? I know some corporate pe- jobs have very limited time off, but that's why I'm a big proponent of starting your own business. That's, that's, right? a, good, that's a very good point. How I, I'm kind of interested now that we, we took this 10-year plan, 
you know, down all the way so far to a one month plan. How, yeah. how, how compressed are we going to get this? Do we, well, do you we, know, yes. So then you do, what you do is you then say, okay, if this is a month, then in a month you define like your five things you want to achieve and no more than five. Okay? okay. And then, and they shouldn't be big things. Okay. Um, it's almost, it was a coach of mine who used to say, you should un- underachieve your way to success. Interesting. How does one <laughs> underachieve their way to success? That you make every step you need to take extremely simple and extremely easy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? So maybe the five things you set for yourself this week um, could be, I don't know, I need to make five phone calls. Right? I need to write that one page procedure. Okay. I need to get out and meet people. So that I will meet two people this week. Get the ball rolling type stuff. That's right. Okay. And these things should be very, very easy to do. Because the reason most people procrastinate is that they'll say, well, I need to close six deals this month. All of a sudden, just thinking of that stresses people out. Right. Right. Because the, point to understand in this step, in the action step is this, that it is not the goal that matters. Okay? Because when we set a goal, what happens? We get fixated on the goal. And all the time, we're comparing ourselves with whether we have achieved our goal or not. Okay? Now, if that's how you're living all the time, what happens to your energy level constantly? It dips and dips and dips again. Yeah. So until you have achieved the goal, you're unhappy. Right? That's a terrible way to go about things. Because what you have to instead focus on, because there's a goal, but there's a process to go from where you are today to the goal. You know, like they say, life's not a destination, it's a journey. Okay? Enjoy right. the journey. And that's the point, which is, you should enjoy doing the small things every single day that take you towards the goal and focus on those small things, right? And it's okay to be doing small things because it's, it's um, the principle here is almost like, um, you know, here, let's take this example. Like you're, let's say in the olden days, there's a ship leaving from New York and it's going to London, okay? Now, in order for the ship to reach, let's say, instead of London, you wanted to reach Portugal. I'm just making this up here, okay? How much of a change do you need to make in the direction if, if you do it up front? It's like maybe one... Oh, very little. One, one degree. degree. Yeah, very, very little. Does that make sense? That, that was a great point. I was looking at it from a book point of view. You ever get a book that's about, you know, three or four inches thick and it just looks <laughs> so intimidating? Right. But then once you enjoy the book, because, you know, if you don't enjoy a book, you're probably not going to want to finish a real thick one. But you slowly hit that up chapter after chapter. And you can even make goals. You know, hey, I'm going to finish this in two weeks. You count the number of pages, figure out how many chapters. So I really like, I really like how you mentioned the plan. Because yes. at first I was thinking, okay, a plan, but there's so many different uh, business models how is he going to make this fit each business model? But you did it brilliantly by just the breakdown method. Yeah. You know, wherever, where, and it makes sense. Wherever you want to be in three years, well, there's got to be a midpoint goal and a quarter point goal and, and even a daily goal, so to speak, to get there. So very, yeah. very, very smart. 
And the and so the where I leave this with is this that the daily goals should be simple, should be easy, and it should be something you know if you can make it something you would like to do. That would that would be a plus. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to break right now, Karin. So um, I know you have some more good stuff for us, and we will get that on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready for a show about possibilities? Are you tired of boundaries and limitations and ready for expansion and growth? Then tune in and spend some time with Rebecca Huey, host of Mastermind. Dr. Rebecca provides a safe, healing environment designed to help you develop emotional intelligence, resilience, and the self-awareness necessary to create positive, long-lasting change. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Live the Dream. To reach the show live today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Karen. That's K-A-R-A-N at thecontractorscoach.com. Now, back to Live the Dream. Welcome back to Live the Dream with Karin Dillon. I'm Jesse Jameson. And Karin, we were saying that if you don't have a plan, you might as well not even start. Plans are important, and you can break those plans down. Can you please finish a little bit of what you were talking about before we went to break? Yeah, Jesse. And, uh, you know, we started this show with the embedded failure cycle. And that's what we were talking about is that, you know, when people have a desire, they want something, they jump into action. And this because the principle is it takes hard work to succeed. So, therefore, let's just work hard. But if it's not guided by a plan, then most of the effort is wasted. And when most of the effort is wasted, which means it is not taking you precisely towards the direction you want to go. Sounds like a loss of energy. There's a loss of energy. There's a lot of disappointment along the way. Yeah. Right? And because of disappointment, not hitting the goals and not making progress as quickly as you felt that you should, uh, most people get discouraged and then they stop. Right? 
And so the antidote to that is number one, before you take any action, create a plan, create a three-year plan, five-year plan that's guided by your vision board, break it down, bring it back to a year, break that down, bring it back to 90 days and break that down and say, what am I going to do this month? And then decide what this week should look like. Right. I think, I think that sounds like a great plan and you can apply that over a, a myriad of businesses or, or goals. Yeah. And even, and the, the key thing to understand about this is that the plan or the, the goals or the tasks, I should say, you define for yourself should be simple and they should be easy. You know, there's a principle of underachieving your way to success. Because if you, and here's why, because if you set simple and easy things for yourself, the chances of you achieving them are what? High or low? Very high. Yeah, right? The chances that you are going to do it. And if you achieve stuff, that probably has a good effect on your energy levels going forward. Bingo. And you just hit the nail on the head. The important thing to understand here is that it is not the completion of the tasks that is so critical. The critical thing is, what are you doing to your energy levels along the way? Are you raising your energy as time goes on or are you killing it? Does that make sense? Well, what's really interesting is with baby steps, so to speak, like you're saying, and small goals that are planned out, your energy will rise because we all love, you know, being rewarded, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. But, but on the other side, like you said, if you don't have a plan, if your goals are real vague, that just seems like a recipe to stop and quit. Yes. And if you're, if you're listening out there, there's a million reasons why you've stopped and quit endeavor after endeavor before. It's because you're, you're too vague and you're not really planning well. Karin, this stuff's been really eye-opening for me. I'm one of these, I always try to set goals, but I think there's been some things that I've been kind of doing wrong. So I'm actually going to be planning on, on using a lot of the little tips that you're mentioning, and I'll definitely keep you posted on, on how <laughs> I am with, with regards to my goals. Excellent. You know, and this is, uh, you know, we, we always use the New Year resolutions as like a cliche, and it's the reason why people don't achieve New Year resolutions is because they, all they do is set a goal, right? And then when you set a goal, like we were discussing, you get fixated on the goal. Okay, the goal is not the point. The point is the process of getting there, the little things you have to do along the way. And I think in the break, you and I were talking that if you want to go to the gym, just go to the gym. You don't even have to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, just start by going to the gym. Okay. What you want to know something interesting? I, um, you remember back in the day when there was Bally's Total Fitness? I I think Bally's is totally gone now, but. I remember there were a couple times because I was trying to go four days a week because everyone was telling me to go four days a week. And I think one or two days out of the week, it wasn't uncommon for me to walk an hour on the treadmill, just kind of raise the uh, degree. And uh, I'm not saying that that's the same as just going for the sake of going like you were saying, but even going for the sake of going would be at least a baby step. You get used to the process of going. Yeah, because if you have anxiety about the effort it requires to do a workout, right? At least go there, see what it feels like, start to become more familiar, you know, with the environment, talk to people, you might even pick up a weight or two. That's correct. And, and guess what? That is just fine. Right? If, if you are in a position where you don't even go to the gym, you don't work out at all, going to the gym and entering the building is progress. And you should actually be happy about that. Okay, it sounds a little ridiculous, but you just have to understand the purpose of it right? The purpose is, are you moving in the right direction? 
are you changing your course by one degree? Because really, that is all it takes. And it's not ridiculous if it works. That's, that's right. And like we gave the ship example, right? That as long as you're changing your course one degree at a time, you're, you're way ahead of people who are not doing that. That's right. Right? Most people are just trying to achieve goals, you know, one gulp at a time. Right? And it's the internal changes that create success, not simply the amount of frantic energy you have in your actions. Right. And those, that takes time. Okay, so that brings us to the next step, right? We've defined what actions look like and what they should be guided by, right? Guided actions are the most effective, okay? But the thing is, when you take actions, like we said, in the, in the, in the beginning, the chances are you're going to suck at what you do, right? You're, if you're trying to achieve, I don't know, let's pick, pick an example. Like, let's say you want to be 10 times better at sales. Okay, you're selling one thing a month, you want to sell 10. Okay, I'm just using, I'm just making up an example. Now, in order to get there, you're going to have to increase your sales skills to that level. Therefore, in the beginning, when you're trying to do that, are you going to be successful? It's going to be your toughest time. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the time when you look back and say, remember, if I would have known now what I, what I didn't know then. Exactly. Right. So, because the thing is, the purpose of this step here in defining your skills is to understand, the first thing you have to understand is the person that you're competing with is who? Yourself. That's it, yourself, okay? So comparing yourself to others doesn't matter because somebody could be 10 steps ahead of you. That's irrelevant. You can only go one step ahead of who? Yourself. Yourself, which by the way, to the, to the listeners at home, our fifth step in the success cycle is skills. Skills, yes. And to define that a little bit, essentially the, the whole purpose of skill is that when you develop your skill to the level that you need to establish or to achieve the things on your vision board, that's what success looks like. Well, that's what creates success, right? So this is the step where you allow yourself or you give yourself permission to fail. Very important. Right. You got, you got to be willing to accept failure in order to accept uh, success. To be successful, right? Right. And here's where you say, okay, I know I am not where I want to be, and it's okay if I don't achieve everything the first time around, right? Because um, there's a principle here, which is like, really, there are no mistakes. There are only learning experiences, right? I like it. I like it. You can try, and then if you don't get the result you want, guess what? You have a lot of information there right? Now you know at least not what, what not to do. We learn a lot more from mistakes and failures Absolutely. than we do from successes. Successes well, can make us blind and think that, you know, things are always going to go our way. Right. The failures uh, can, can, can kind of bring us down to reality and we can learn from those mistakes. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you said something very key in there, which is that success almost doesn't teach us anything. Right. Right. Because if you tried something the first time, and you succeeded, what did you actually learn? Very little. Right? Is that repeatable? You don't know. Right? If you tried something, you failed. You tried something, you failed. You learned something along the way, and eventually you started to learn what is it you need to be successful. You start learning small steps at a time, and all of a sudden you've built up this entire skill set that now you've achieved success. Okay? Then, how repeatable is that? It seems very, and what's really, 
not to say that failure is cool, but what's cool about what you're describing is that when you learn from failure, you can kind of learn to avoid those future failures. That's right. Where with success, you might still fall into those future, you know, pitfalls and what That's have right. you. Because if you succeed right away, you haven't learned anything. No. Right? And so that's why they say, you know, the school of hard knocks is hard and this and that. But this only if you view it as that. If you just simple as like, this is my learning experience, right? You know, it's, it's, it's the, there's a, I don't know if the, how true that is, but there's a quote out there that to master anything takes 10,000 hours. Yes, I've heard that. Right. Which, like which, mean, which means for at least a big percentage of those hours, you're not going to be mastering anything about that thing. That's right. You're not the master of anything for 10,000 hours. Right. Right. Now, I mean, I don't know, like I said, how true that is, but, you know, it makes a point. The point is that pay attention to the level of skill that you have so that you start achieving the results that you want. And don't worry about the results you get up front. However, the key to all of this is to have the ability to measure your results. Does that make sense? Don't just blindly try things, try things, try things, try things. When you try something, get some metrics out of it. You know, in business, it's pretty simple, right? Okay, so you want to double your, increase your sales 10 times. What is the first thing you need to grow your sales? You need leads, right? What, what, what creates leads? Marketing. So look at your marketing. How many things are you doing to market? If, it's, if you're doing one thing, can you do 10, right? If you're generating 10 leads, can you generate 100? Okay, you're not going to get 100 in, you know, overnight, but can you generate 11? Can you generate 12? Can you generate 20? Okay, and then you have to look at your close rate. Are you measuring your close rate? You talk to 10 people, how many of them sign your agreement? Okay, is it one? How do you make that into two, right? What is it that worked with the one guy? So just like we broke down the plan from three years down to 30 days and ultimately into a week and what have you, right. we, can, we can kind of do that with different aspects of our business, right? We can That's say, right. hey, this is what our closing percentage is. This is where we need it to be. What steps are we going to take to make that happen? And then what you can do is you can kind of apply that, like I said, to, to very many fields. Yeah, you can apply it anywhere, you know, because you can apply it to, I don't know, buying a house. Okay, how much do you need? Do you need a down payment of $100,000. Okay, how, many do I, how much do I have in the bank? I got like $10,000. Okay, so how do I put an extra $1,000 in there? How long does that take me? Okay, it took me, I don't know, 45 days. All right, how do I make that into 40 days? Okay, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Anything can be defined into metrics, and then metrics are what get, so the, because the principle in life is this, whatever gets measured grows. If you really think about it, it's real simple. And then I I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy, but on the other end, expenditures and different things like that, can can you also make goals to make those shrink and thus gain, you know? Of course. You know, the thing is, like I said, if you want to put a, I'm just using an example here. You want to put a thousand dollars in the bank every 45 days. There's two things that require, you're required to do, right? You have to make money and you have to spend money. The gap is your savings. Okay. So, so you try, go, to try to spend less and make might, more, might be able to make more. Right. Um, so you can go about it. And if you, if you do both, you get there faster. Okay. And it's the same the, thing. He is to do it with a purpose and a plan and a goal, right. not just to do it for the sake of, of doing it for no reason at all. That's right. You know, Oh, I just need to save money. Right. That's a pointless exercise. Yeah? Right. Um, because even if you save money, what, what do you get from it? Nothing. Nothing. 
Does that make sense? The bank, the bank gets some use. Oh, they love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going with this is so the skills are the most important part of getting results. Okay. So I'll say that again. Skills are the most important part of getting results. And therefore it is very, very important for you to be able to measure the outcome of your actions, the outcome of your efforts, because that will define to you where your skills are in the direction of achieving your desires and the vision that you have for yourself. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. In the beginning, you're going to suck. But as you go through these learning experiences, your skills will get better. And then over time, you know, it's almost like an exponential curve in some sense. Repetition is the mother of skill. That's right. Yeah. Anything you want to do, if you repeat it long enough, you start to get better at it. And, you know, the principle is that the most powerful force, I should say, the most powerful force a person has is the power of their attention. Okay. And so if you combine these two things, which is focus, right? That's really what we're talking about, right? Focus plus clarity equals success, right? Because if you're very clear about what you want and you can focus your actions to pursue that path that will lead you there over an extended period of time and you stay focused, that is what creates success. So success is not a monetary value. Right. Success is not necessarily one vacation. Success is an endpoint where we feel validated for the work that we're doing. We're Bingo. hitting our goals. That's right. Because when you get your skill level to achieve the vision you want, guess what? That is success. And a person can have many, 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 many successes in their lifetime. And they can have many successes in a month. Right? Because the key is, and that's why we call this the success cycle. As soon as you achieve one success, what does that do to your energy level? It really brings it up. And I'd imagine it leads one to want to try more challenging things that they can probably achieve. That's right. Because what it does is it goes, takes you back to step number one. It increases your level of desire. That's does powerful. That sense? That's powerful. Right. Because that allows you to start the cycle all over again and achieve your next level of success. So that's why we call this the success cycle. Karin, that was really eye-opening. I think the listeners uh, would, would owe themselves a, a, great, a great service to go ahead and listen to the first and second episode along with this. And uh, I, I think, I think we've, we've given them a, a great uh, informative uh, cycle here, the six steps of success. There you go. Until next week, everybody, live the dream. All right, Jesse. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to Live the Dream. Please join Karen Dillon along with Tom Pearson and Marissa Marseille for another program next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a dream living week. 